Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Eric, and with me is Kiwi and BP. Hello. Hello. Today we're going to be playing Not Alone, designed by Gislaine Mason. Uh, the art is by Sebastian uh, Caveau of Manara and When I Dream. It is published in 2016 by Stronghold Games in the U.S. and Geek Attitude Games in Europe. The description is, it is the 25th century. You are a member of an intergalactic expedition shipwrecked on a mysterious planet named Artemia. While waiting for the rescue ship, you begin to explore the planet, but an alien entity picks up your scent and begins to hunt you. You are not alone. Will you survive the dangers of Artemia? The mechanics are deck bag pool building and management, simultaneous action selection, team-based game. Uh, the box art um, is a is some uh, space eyes looking over a planet. Yeah, and there's like a crash landing ship, oh, or at least one with like a plasma is. trail or something behind it. Yeah, that makes Although sense. Although the description made it sound like you landed. Yeah, I thought that we were ship clearly looks like it's about to crash. Well, the description made it sound almost like lost in space landing, where landing, but you don't know that you're actually going to ever make it off the planet. Well, you know what they say. Any, any, any landing you can walk away from is a good landing. Pre or post getting devoured by alien. Right. Well, probably pre. Okay. Um, so, yeah, based off all this, would you pull it off a shelf, BP? Uh, the, uh, so to continue uh, kind of the description of the box art, like, I mean, it it definitely, it, I don't know, it kind of has that Tron lettering, but like the description, again, really reminds me of Lost in Space, which... Uh, don't get me wrong, like the original was pretty interesting. Uh, the reboot was a little dark. And so, um, I, I, I'm a little, a little hesitant. Plus, like the mechanics aside from team based, I'm, I don't know. I'm a little on the fence. Yeah. I'm kind of with you. The mechanics are not overly exciting. Um, I was, I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of Alien, although I did just watch a one shot by the Glass Cannon Network that was Alien based. That was entertaining. Oh, wait, so you're thinking that this is based off the movie Alien? Oh, 100%. Oh, I was going off of 2001. Yeah, definitely Alien. Mm. That movie was scary. I don't know that. No, I did not do that movie. Yeah, so so I, I'm a, I'm probably, a, a, I don't know. Although I will, the only thing I'll say is that if it says team-based, when there's three of us, so I'm guessing it's going to be a 2v1. And so we did mention at Jaws we wanted to try another game like it. I am interested to see if we'll enjoy this similar to how we kind of enjoyed Jaws. Okay, okay, so two out of the three of us are a little hesitant of pulling it off the shelf. So, Kiwi, are you going to be pulling it off the shelf? No. I, <laughs> um, I don't like horror movies. Right. And the cover of this and the title make it seem like it's got a horror theme. Right. Although I didn't mind the movie Alien. In fact, I, I kind of liked it, but I didn't see the movie Alien as scary. I just saw it as like a sci-fi movie. We've already been speculating how it might be played. How do we actually think it's going to be played? So we're going to be two of us are going to be fighting the alien. Uh, we're going to be and grossly incompetent and do stupid things because that's what they did in the movie. Um, one of us is an android. Who's going to be Bill Paxton? Game over, man. Game over. Yeah. So I, I guess we're going to have he's 
we're probably going to be on a map. With, it doesn't say like the secret movement. No, there's no maps thing saying it. Or though. even a map thing. Yeah. Simultaneous action. But we're all going to pick our action. So I think it'll play like that. We're like, we're going to be moving around. Uh, probably like we're going to have to like be doing some sort of uh, tasks to like. Uh, right. Well, we got to be able to stay alive. Yeah. Well, we're waiting for the rescue ship. So we've already sent a beacon, a signal. And this is why I went lost in space, because, right, lost in space, they figure out how to survive on this planet while they're waiting, supposedly, for someone to find them. Although it went on for many years, so I don't know. Nah, I'm pretty sure an alien, it was, uh, they See, they, they went space. to the island in or, or they went to the planet because they had a distress signal from there and they were trying to find all the people. Yeah, so I don't really know what we're supposed to be doing other than running away from the alien. And I guess he's going to be trying to get our scent and chase us. And we're going to be doing all this through a, a, a deck builder. So we're going to have a hand of cards that's going to tell us to run around. So I don't know. We're going to have like, I think the actions, like maybe we have to manage those deck builder style. Yeah, it's just going to be cards that have actions on them. And then we're going to pick the card at the same time. And then he's going to try to hunt us down and eat us. I see again, I don't think I did not think about this as Aliens, um, the movie. I actually thought Lost in Space and, you know, we've done like the whole space exploration, this intergalactic expedition. But I do just want to say that Artemia, the name of the planet and the latest actual intergalactic expedition that is kind of maybe not intergalactic, but international expedition that's going on uh, currently is uh, the Project Artemis. So I'm just going to say, like, maybe uh, maybe there will be an Artemia or whatever in our future. Speaking of, though, trying to predict the future, there's a whole genre called futurists. And I stumbled across like these ideas and thinking about um, kind of uh, the ideas of technology and what's going to be available and ideas of human life, etc. And again, one of the classic icons, 2001, written by Arthur C. Clarke, whom uh, people have Actually, scientists, especially in um, kind of the space industry, look to as more of a futurist than just a sci-fi writer. So they feel like he has successfully predicted a lot of the space technology that we currently deal with. And so uh, a little bit, if you've never heard of Arthur C. Clarke, who was born in 1917 and like started writing much of this stuff in the 30s and 40s. Um, and especially the 2001 series were written just after World War II. Um, and, uh, he was part of a futurist society in England because he was British and then he might, he actually emigrated to Sri Lanka. But, um, he wrote all of these futurist ideas and that even the idea of futurism, which I feel like this genre uh, fits into, uh, was developed in the mid 19th century. If you think about it, it makes sense, right? All this new technology being developed in the industrial revolution, imperialism. So encountering, right? New and different cultures. Um, most of those though, in the 19th century were still very Christian based. So thinking about like the end of the world kind of ideas and, uh, 
that uh, scenario in theological debate. But by the early 20th century, you have people like Jules Verne, H.G. Wells, again, um, Arthur C. Clarke, who really started to think of, and especially in the 20s and 30s after World War I, reject uh, kind of ideas of the past and embrace ideas of like the new technology that was developing in the early 20th century that, again, really developed quickly, but also had this very violent effect on humanity. And so you really see in much of this early uh, literature that's written at the time and especially written by futurists and even Arthur C. Clarke, not only the the interest in the technology that can take humans to new places, uh, but also uh, the the violence and the almost social Darwinism that comes from encounters with um, other species or uh, aliens in this instance. And so I'm curious, like to see how that maybe comes out in this idea of being hunted. Like, do we also? Uh, I mean, you guys were like, we're just, you know, we're going to do dumb stuff. But like kind of all of these space exploration movies, while initially humans doing dumb stuff, eventually I think we see this progression of humans maybe getting better. And we see this in the progression of sci-fi literature in general by the time you get to things like Star Trek, uh, et cetera, where, right, what's the mission of Star Trek? To explore. To, To explore new worlds. Seek out new life and to boldly go where no man has gone before. Right. Uh, Okay, so the game is asymmetric, and it's going to be one player being the creature against the other players who are called the hunted. The hunted are trying to avoid the creature until help arrives, while the creature is trying to assimilate the hunted into the planet's ecosystem. Oh, wait. Like spider-esque assimilate? It doesn't or? really say. It just says the creature. Uh, so we just have to decide who's going to be the creature. There's really no uh, first player um, because the game is just played over a series of round, a uh, series of phases with each making up each round. So the first phase is exploration. The hunted are going to simultaneously place a location card face down in front of them. You're going to start with locations one through five in your hand, and then there will be other ways to get locations six through 10. Uh, You may not communicate. uh, You may communicate, but only out loud. They may bluff, but they may not reveal their cards before placing the card. A hunted may resist or they can forfeit one to two will counters, and you'll start with three of them at the beginning of the game, to take back two to four cards. So if you give up one will, you get two cards. If you give up two will, you get four cards uh, from their discard pile. And then they, or they can give up and regain all of their will counters and take back all of their discarded cards. Each time a hunted gives up, the assimilation counter moves up one space. The hunted may play a survival card at any time during the phase listed on the card, and they'll just have text that tells you what to do. In phase two, it's called the hunting. The creature will place the creature token on a map location, and then the target token if the card played by the creature has the icon, and the Artemia token if the card played has the icon or is played on the space with the rescue counter. Only one hunt card can be played per round by the creature, and the card will say what phase it can be played in. Hunt cards and survival cards played in the same phase take place in the order that they're played, and if there's ever a disagreement, the creature gets to decide because they benefit from the knowledge of the planet. They know they know the, right, the They're area. smart. 
Phase three is called The Reckoning. Uh, the hunted simultaneously reveal their place cards, starting with the player to the left of the creature. If the location revealed does not have a hunt token, they may use that player place's power or take back one card from their discard. If the hunted explores a space with the target icon, the effects on the creature's hunt card are played, then they can use the power from the place card or get one card from the discard. If the hunted explores a place with the Artemia token, they must discard a card from their hand and they may not use the location power or get a card back from their discard. If the hunted explores a place with the creature token, they lose a will counter and the assimilation counter is moved forward one space regardless of the number of hunted caught. And if a hunted loses their third will, the assimilation counter moves forward a space. And then the last phase is the end of turn actions. The hunted are going to discard the card they played face up in their discard pile. The creature takes back their hunt tokens and then draws back up to three hunt cards. And then we move the rescue counter forward one place and begin a new round. The creature wins immediately if the assimilation counter reaches the victory space first. Uh, with their will sapped, all of the hunted have been assimilated. They are now part of the planet. The hunted win immediately if the rescue counter reaches the victory space first. A rescue mission arrives to extract the survivors from this hostile planet. Well, let's play. We just finished a game of Not Alone. To recap, I was the creature and I assimilated the hunted. Uh, BP and Kiwi were the hunted and they made it within two rounds of being rescued. But were eaten? I guess not eaten, assimilated. It just became planet. I mean, it doesn't really say what the creature was. So it could have been like anything. I assume if like you've been assimilated into the planet, maybe it's some sort of like plant-based creature and it's sort of just like eaten you i guess you're like mulch now compost anyway yeah we lost in other words yes. i think it's just fine to say um strategy yeah what was your winning strategy uh, there? yeah i looked at the numbers of your cards and played the numbers that you didn't have down mm -hmm. card counting uh, it's not even card counting because you, you yeah. like the creature had to be able to see like i it seems weird that like the creature has the ability to see all of the stuff in the discard, but then they also have the advantage of being closer mm -hmm. to the victory point thing, which I mean, we were still two off, so maybe that's OK, but it seemed like a very marked advantage. Mm -hmm. Like There was one round where I tried to hide it a little bit by giving up a will, but I think that ultimately cost us at the end because then I only had a single will. I kind of, I don't know if it would have been possible, but getting more of the cards in your hands would have been trickier. Yeah, which the rover, the rover lets you do that. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it seemed, seemed difficult. So what did you think of the theme? Did you feel like you were hunted by an alien on a planet? No. No, I felt like I was playing cards and trying to trick you into not picking my card. Yep. I was just looking at card numbers and occasionally some actions. I, just compared to Jaws where it like felt like you were... You're a big old shark and we were trying to shoot you and you were eating our boat and like, you know, it felt a lot more thematic. Yeah. And even in Jaws, when we played that, like there were a couple of special ability like tokens that I could use and you guys would know when I used the token, but you wouldn't know like which special ability mm -hmm. I used. 
Yeah. And like I tried to like be sneaky about it, even though I failed miserably. You can't really be sneaky in this game. Yeah. Well, that's probably more a mechanical thing, but just like yeah. the feeling, I think like you kind of said, you don't, we don't even know what the alien was. So it's like, we didn't really have a picture where it's like, I pictured Kiwi as big old shark named Bruce. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I, and I wonder if that is one to try and like get people to like tell the story, which I doubt is the answer or no. two, just like make it as generic as possible in order to not infringe on any IP, which seems the more likely of the two. No, but you could make a, it doesn't have to be alien from aliens. It could have been, right. they could have created an alien for the game. Like dozens of games have done that. It could have been like a giant insect creature that's like, and then it could all have been themed around that or something. I don't know. Yeah, no, true. Table presence? Uh, jump jump out at you? No. No, it does not. Yeah, I thought the board would be more of an interesting like planet thing. It's just sort of a tracker and then cards. The art on the cards is okay. The art on the cards is okay, but I feel like you're right. Like with the board, like it, you should be on the planet. Instead, it's a picture being more in space. Well, I think... If you look at the way it's laid out, like where the creature assimilation tokens are, those are all pink and they match the planet and it's over the planet. And then the space for the for the rescue token is all blue. So I think it's supposed to be that's the rescue ship mm. arriving. That's the like thing because the victory point or the victory space is right on the, the cusp, mm-hmm. like where it changes from where the art planet. changes from planet to space. So I think that's what they were going for. Yeah, It's a very pretty point tracker. But it's point tracker. And if you walk by this, you'd look at it and go, oh, look, it's point tracker. Like, Yeah. With yeah. all the art on the cards, like you would have to like get right up into the table to be able yeah. to see it. And even the cars, like the art's OK, but it, they're all the cards except for like two are like very dark. Yeah. Not, not dark as in like spooky, scary, like theme wise, but dark in color. Yeah. They, they go along with that like jungly sci-fi. If I... If you see like a, a jungle movie or a jungle planet in a sci-fi, like a dark sci-fi film, like that's the kind of art I feel like mm. you see on there. If instead of being those cards like that, if it had a board with yes. the art bigger on it, like I think that would have just stood out more. Yeah. And then you could you could do the tracks up down like either side. Yeah, that makes more sense. Uh, mechanics. So we kind of started in that. And like you said, it was really hard for you guys to be sneaky. Um, I didn't really have to be sneaky. Yeah, I just it again, I you guys had said this in strategy. I just feel like when I was playing it, like just waiting to hear. I just almost from like the second round, it was almost hopeless. Like there was like, we're not going to win this. Like there's just it's a guessing game. Like we just pick cards that we want and we got to be hopeful he's not going to pick our card. But like most of the time he's going to pick our card. So like I feel like strategy and mechanics like it was just one. I, I, I didn't understand how you could by the mechanics being hunted, figure out a strategy to win. Yeah, like there were a couple of times where I like, you know, I still had a card that would have been like super beneficial to us. But I played a yeah. different card to like, you know, maybe Eric won't think I'm going to like immediately grab the wreck and move up the rescue beacon. I'll play this other card so I can play the rescue beacon on a later one. And it's just every time I tried that strategy, Eric picked the other one. Yeah. Oh, it's mostly because I was holding a card that can negate a whole location. So I was like, well, I'll just hold that. And if they go to the wreck, stop it. Yeah, which you did. But even if even if that hadn't happened, we still would have been 
a couple, you know, we still needed a couple rounds in order to get there. So, and the whole bit about like, hey, you can communicate, but it has to be out loud and you can like bluff and all kinds of like, what am I going to say? Like, I'm, I am not going to the river. Yeah. You will not find me in the lair. I mean, maybe I guess if how many players can you have? Maybe it does it gets go up to harder. A lot. I think seven. It goes yeah. up to seven. So it might be yeah. This might just be a really bad three-player game. But even then, like I just compared to like a, so comparing it. Obviously, these games are trying to be like a, a deduction thing of figuring out what people are gonna do. But like compared to Jaws, where we were just trying to figure out where Kiwi was gonna jump out, like I, it felt much more like puzzle solving like solving the brain of the kiwi like sabotage the team one like that felt a lot more like what are you gonna do i think you're gonna it was like exciting to like try to figure it out in this case i was kind of just looking at the number i didn't even really like think what would kiwi do which is probably why like he was trying to what what do i think he's gonna do i wasn't i was just looking at the numbers of the cards looking at what i had and my abilities and because some of those could kind of I could prevent other ones and I was just narrowing it down to like, well, I got a 50% chance if I drop it here. Okay. Yeah. And I think that that takes all strategy out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was more mathing than, than like mental deduction. Yeah. And so like, I I think, you know, if we were going to play this again today, I would say like, Hey, I don't, I don't think the creature should have access to all the discard there should just be a discard and maybe you can see the top one. I would have had more fun trying to remember that was, the most fun no, part yeah, is... I think, yeah, upside down and then try to remember. Yeah, I, I'm not even saying like upside down. I would I would be willing to say like, hey, he like the creature can know the last card that's mm-hmm. like the top card on the discard mm-hmm. pile. Because then that, that helps them a little bit, but it doesn't give them the advantage of like, now Eric has to remember every card in my discard pile. So as and you especially add to your hand... When you start with just one through five in the first place, yeah. like... In the beginning, like, it's going to be pretty straightforward. Like, you can choose these places. Maybe I shouldn't have reminded him that we didn't have any sixes in that first round. Just let him (laughs) get screwed. Yeah, that would have (laughs) been. Yeah, that would have been. Rules. I mean, I was a little worried uh, playing the one that Kiwi couldn't give me the rules for. But once I understood what all the phases were, it was pretty easy to pick up, I guess. Uh, See, I, I think the opposite. Like, I don't know. Like, I think... This like the learning curve on this is pretty high. Like I had no clue what was going on. I was just waiting for Kiwi to be like flip a card, you know, like I don't know. I can see that from your side because like for mine, they were all really straightforward. Don't let them do this action for you. You had to worry about the whole like deck building and what all the abilities did. I didn't really care. I just had to look at the number on your card and go, well, she can't do one, three. Or four, so I'll drop five. Like, actually, yeah, I was like, man, I, how are they figuring out what all these things even do? So I, I remember at the beginning when we started playing, I was like, I have no clue what's going on. This looks absolutely like disconnected in what we're supposed to be doing. So um, I don't. I think it was a pretty pretty tricky game rules wise. Like. I mean, once we went through it, like towards the end, like it was like you said, it was pretty straightforward. But I feel like, again, like the rules were definitely for the hunted because like I had this card for for you looked at my survival card. It was like a phase three, but it only really mattered if the Artemis thing was out. So it was like and if you were on the spot with the Artemis. Yeah, like it was just (sighs) 
Yeah, I feel like this is a, a harder game to teach just because like, you know, games that have a lack of communication when you have like sort of this, this yeah. asymmetric, like even if it's like a team versus team, like I, I think we saw it when we played Sabotage, even though I think eventually we got there, it was hard to teach it because once you start the game, you can't really be like, well, let me see the card. Right. Uh, Although in this so like case, I, I literally just read the card to you and was like, what is this? <laughs> I was like, I don't care. Like you could, the thing is like, I was like, well, he can't stop me. So whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think like, you know, that, that, that increases it a little bit and like, you know, that communication thing, like I don't want BP to read the card off to me because then that's information that Eric has, mm-hmm. but I'm also not allowed to look at the card. So like, I can't be like, oh yeah, yeah. Just wait until he play it. You're on a space with this token. Uh, so it's definitely a game that you need like more than one play so that you can like at least see the cards and generally know like how it's going. Yeah. It makes these kind of games really, I mean, games are already hard to teach. So it's an extra difficulty layer. I think player interaction, we kind of already discussed, like I was, I wasn't really trying to figure out what you guys were doing. I was just looking at the numbers that were available and my powers. I just waited for Kiwi to say, okay, PP, flip your card. Okay, BP, choose your card. And I I think the only time we like communicated when I was like, hey, if we both go to the wreck, it it only moves once. And I seriously then, thought you said it at that time because you were playing it because I almost played it. And then I was like, oh, he must be playing it. So I said it specifically <laughs> so that Eric might think that was the bluff. one of us is playing the wreck. That was the bluff. It was the one and only bluff that I did. And I thought, hmm, he might be playing the wreck. And then I thought. I, so did I. So then I didn't play it. I have a card that can block the wreck. So I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, then neither one of us played it. And the very next round, we both played it. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the one time we really interacted like the whole time we didn't work on our team bluffing yeah. Kiwi. you totally could have muted the mic and just been like hey I'm gonna <laughs> this. i was like man they can cheat so good in this one <laughs> we did that didn't even ever cross my mind yeah, I didn't even, I, until, until just now until when eric just said it <laughs> that tells you how much we cheat <laughs> Honestly, though, I don't know that it would have affected anything. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, probably probably not. not. Would you play it again? Uh, Kiwi. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I think I want to keep playing one versus many because, like, we've had some good experiences. Um, we had one good experience. Yeah, one good experience. <laughs> well, we've played one I, out I think, of two. Yeah, one out of two. That's still pretty good. Sure. 50-50. Yeah. So I, I think I'm willing to try at least one more game that's one versus many. I might have brought it up during Jaws that I was a little bit apprehensive about mm-hmm. the one versus many because oh, like yeah. either it's it's tilted the game's tilted mm-hmm. too far to that you know that one to give them a, the advantage over, have over to the be two hard to balance the many are disadvantaged somehow and that makes it you know harder but I, I just the idea of it I didn't like I did enjoy Jaws I think. If I remember correctly, you guys didn't as much. It was mechanically a little wonky and like the whole first phase that we blew through. Yeah. But I really enjoyed that it was more thematic. I feel like yes. a game like this has to be really thematic. Because like even oh, the built yeah. in like, you know, it's a big scary shark. It's a big scary alien. We're out, you know, you got to kind of feel um uh, like overwhelmed by either numbers or, you know, strength or something. I don't know. Yeah. So my answer, my answer is no. Yeah. One thing I thought when we started this was like, I thought, well, Jaws was cool because, like, the shark was eating people and the people were, like, fighting back against the shark. And, like, this one, when you just use the terms, like, the hunted and stuff, it's like, well, you don't even get to fight back. Like, that's not. 
Yeah. yeah. Super like thrilling. Like you'd want to be able to take down the big alien, right? Yeah. Or, or at least damage it or do something. I thought that was kind of lame from the start. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Uh, uh, no, I wouldn't play it again. Like still willing to try them, but it's got to be more thematic, I think. I, I still like the con, like most of these seem geared towards like, like deducing what people are going to do and stuff, which I like, like I like sabotage as a team game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That um, one. Yeah. And jaws. So I'd still be willing to try them, but BP, would you play it again? No, I think it's funny because none of us would have actually picked it up and none of us would play it again. So, uh, you know what? Maybe that's fine. Like, I, I think, you know, we've we've played games in the past, like Skull, where we were just like, why do people like this? Like, mm-hmm. it's just not a good game. Shut up and sit down. Recommends not alone. OK, yeah. well, maybe that's which, how it ended up. What they also recommended Skull. I know, but <laughs> yeah. they really like bluffing games. But like, we just don't know how to bluff like that, I guess. Yeah. I well, but, I mean, we've played bluffing games that we've enjoyed, like Sheriff of Nottingham. We really. Oh, enjoyed. yes. That one's so much fun. Um. I don't know what other. But again, we really also do up the storytelling aspect, which going back to kind of like what we were saying in our recap, like I feel like if there was more element for more storytelling on this, maybe, but it just mechanically, it's not quite built into there. So maybe if that were on it, it might be more. We like to bluff like story or theme and things like around what's happening, not bluff mechanics, which I feel like this is what you were supposed to be doing somehow. Going back to what I was what what I was saying, like we've played games where we we just played them and then we were just like, I don't understand why people like this. Mm-hmm. And then we've played other games where we've just been like, you know, this game wasn't for me, but I I absolutely understand right. why people like this, and I, and I think I could understand why people like this because there is a a little bit of a puzzle element to it. And I looked at BGG; it does recommend a much higher player yeah, count. That's yeah, that's what I was so, thinking yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe it gets better at the higher player count because you've got more hunted, and it maybe it evens it out. Maybe it'll maybe you can bluff count. because then you can actually communicate. Like if there were you know four or five of us against Eric, then maybe we might like try to coordinate a little bit more out loud, but maybe. Maybe we don't know each other, so we don't know if that person's bluffing or not. But yeah. it would add, I think, yeah, definitely a more entertaining, at least, element to the game. Even yeah. even just having to, like, track five different discard piles, even if they're visible, plus remembering what cards you picked up into your hands, it would be much more overwhelming. So I think this might fall into a category of why did they say two to seven or three to seven? Like, why is it? <laughs> they should have just mm-hmm. said four to seven. Like, yeah. Be real right, with your player yeah. counts. Like, yeah, but but I can understand like why people would like it. Mm-hmm. Whereas other games, like sometimes it's harder to tell. So it's not that it's a bad game. I think it's just not for us. <laughs> All right. Uh, that is not alone. So if you have any recommendations of games you would like to hear our impressions on, uh, maybe you enjoyed them and you think we might as well, just send them our way. You can do so via email at firstturntabletopgmail.com or we're on Twitter and Instagram at the First Turncast. And the podcasting camel shaken as he's trying to find his way into the jungle. Please. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcatchers. We look forward forward to hearing from you. Play more games. I feel really bad for this camel. He's like always (laughs) in situations...
you. How dare you get me off topic? How dare you? camel everybody knows the, he's on vacation about the, the herds of jungle camels living in the amazon 